Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, Lacey, it's good to be back so soon. Yeah, I know. We just did this. Yeah, we did. What's up in the workplace? This is our our monthly segment that we got, mm-hmm. uh, fourth episode. Yep. And excited to talk. We're actually going to talk about just one article. I think it's going to be pretty meaty, though. Yeah. It's it's national news, but it's also local news. We're it in is the Por- local for We're us. in the Portland, Oregon area. Uh, Nike, an international company, well-known apparel company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're local here in the Beaverton, Portland area. And there's been a little bit of a shakeup at the senior leadership level. So they've yes. had uh, some turnover as a result of likely in internal investigations. Yeah, and, and concerns. Yeah. So we're, we're basically picking apart uh, an article here from the Portland Business Journal. This was written by Claire Duffy, April 18th, 2018. The title is Exclusive with Four Exec Exits Confirmed This Week, Nike Clears Way for More Diverse Leadership. So this article really kind of lays out not so many like detailed words, but it really just kind of talks about how there were some shakeups in very specific departments at the senior leader level. And it kind of goes on to say it's, uh, here's some of the words, boys, cl- complaints about boys club. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they dropped the word diversity a few times, I think is because the boys club, white males yeah. is, is what the, the article goes on to say. And I'm curious what what your thoughts are on this. Like, it, there's not a lot of detail here. No, there's not. I think this is an e- extremely public thing for Nike to go through. I think a lot of small businesses are, lo- you know, taking a look at these types of things. We um, are getting a lot of requests from clients to look at diversity initiatives. And so Nike is having to do this sort of center stage. Yeah. Um, and... Really what they're they're looking at is there's been some complaints about it being a boys club, particularly around the leadership team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, saying that they haven't really gained any traction. They've not been able to address the issues where they've got folks in senior leadership positions for many years. I mean, some of these people are like 20 years of tenure with the organization. And so some shakeups in, in moving those folks out of the organization to try to get more diverse leadership in place. It's interesting because this article even says... And this is from the, right from the article, quote, Nike's head of HR, Monique Matheson, also sent an internal memo earlier this month addressing the fact that Nike has failed to gain traction in hiring diverse talent and that Nike's leadership is still mostly white and male. And at the end of the quote, what, what's, why, why is there a failed gain traction? Like, what can you speculate? Why, like, why is it hard to, to hire diverse talent? Is it just because of some some ways that you've had with the company for years and years is just 
uh, old habits are hard to die or I th- what? I think that that's part of it. I think when you have a leadership team that's mostly white and yeah. male, um, they've been in place for what seems like a, a pretty long time, probably fairly set in their ways in terms of their hiring practices. And so it's a really popular company. I mean, everybody yeah. knows who they are. If you live here in the Portland Beaverton area, people want to work at Nike. Yeah. So it's I don't think that it's necessarily so about being able to attract the talent. I think maybe it has to do with more retaining the diverse talent. I was reading some other stuff on this and um, there's some some details out there about, you know, the leadership team kind of turning a blind eye to behaviors and things that were happening that maybe made it uncomfortable for females to work in the organization or, you know, people that are diverse in, in other areas. So, you know, it comes from the top when when the leadership team is allowing that kind of stuff to occur or not encouraging diverse hiring practices. Yeah. Um, it makes it difficult to really make headway there. So the this article says four executives exit, mm-hmm. exited, right? So what's not clear to me is what what happened? Was there an incident? Was it over time? Like, or was it just it's time for a shakeup? It could have been that they're, you know, they're not being super transparent about that. Yeah. I'm going to be really interested to see because of how public this has become, yeah. whether they feel like they owe, you know, the community here an explanation about some particulars, probably not going to be so specific in terms of, you know, sharing confidential details of an internal investigation, but um, maybe the content of the the types of concerns that were brought forward and, um I would imagine that shakeups like this, there's been, there was a significant amount of evidence either to support the need to exit these, these gentlemen or, you know, maybe specific things that occurred within the organization yeah. that they, they were a part of. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe it wasn't specific incidents. Maybe, maybe it was just over time, the, the trickle down effect of mm-hmm. just having the same uh, male, white males in, in leadership positions really just, it, maybe it stifled growth. Maybe that's how they saw it. And maybe mm-hmm. it made it uncomfortable for women. So th- there's another, there's a follow-up article, same, same author, Claire Duffy, Portland Business Journal. The title is Nike Leadership Shuffle Continues with New Leaders for Women's Running Categories. So they're making progress. It sounds like they're bringing in um, women. I don't know if they per- they might have promoted them from within. I think there has been some promotions. So here. that that's great, uh, and a couple more exits. So they're making progress, they and are. I, this is probably a public response. Like a, it's a response to probably the public backlash. I think so, and I think they'll be able to track you know, any change or, you know, anything that, that's happening within the organization as a result of these moves in, in um, promoting these women. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And it does, I mean, from from what we can tell in the article, I think most of the, the women that are moving up have been with the organization yeah. for a while. And so providing those opportunities, what a cool thing yeah. for Nike to do. So do you think just by promoting these women into these executive leadership is it, you think is that enough to have like a this trickle down effect to make it more comfortable or does real change need to happen beyond just hiring a few women in key leadership positions do like do you change your hiring practices what do you think Nike's going through right now I think that I would imagine that their head of HR is 
really looking at all of their people system. So moving to women into leadership positions is not going to change the organization. So Nike is a a massive ship that, you know, to to move, you think about like a ship in the ocean. It's not going to turn quickly. So um, and and they've got, you know, practices that have been in place probably for many years. And, you know, it's not just about senior leaders making changes Really, it's that trickle-down effect, like you said, that we've got to get middle management and employees on board, too. So I would imagine they're going to be looking at their hiring practices, how they retain employees. We may be able to bring more women in because of this, you know, these types of moves. But do we have a culture and an environment that encourages them to stay? So I think those are things that that Monique will probably be looking at. It's interesting how all this stuff becomes so systemic in nature, where if you, you have the same old thing forever how it just, it can trickle down and it becomes so ingrained in in what your cultures become. And that's why I always, it changes hard, Mm -hmm. but change is also good sometimes because if you think about it, it change, you want, you want your personnel to ebb and flow and you want your culture to sort of flow with the people that are within the organization. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be rooted from, from, 20, 30 years ago when it was first created, like Nike was first created. And this goes for any organization. Like the culture is going to change with your people. And mm-hmm. so you you need to look at that on a regular basis. I think it's the same as, you know, any organization that's looking at how do we continue to appeal to our customers, yeah. right? It's your employees are your internal customers. So what worked 20 years ago for Nike in terms of, you know, selling their product and advertising they've changed the way that they're doing that, right? So they're going to have to continue to to look at that when it yeah. comes to their people practices as well. There's a huge spotlight on Nike and they're a huge, huge company, uh, you know, billions in revenue, billions in sales and a huge spotlight because they're a public company mm-hmm. and they, they have investors. So all this, this comes to light. Whereas a company who may be going through something similar, a private company, this probably wouldn't, you might hear of, executive turnover, you probably wouldn't hear about the details to this extent. What do you think it's like to balance like kind of the public side of this to like, I'm just trying to do my job as an investigation and then, and then make lasting change without being totally scrutinized while you're, while you're doing it. I would imagine that it's incredibly difficult. So to manage an investigation like they're probably having to do, and it sounds like it's still open. It hasn't yet been completed. Yeah. Um, Probably why we haven't had too many specific details on this. I know. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see what, what comes out once they have, you know, shared with, with the community that it's done. But so to do that, even in a vacuum, even within an organization without having the media like all over it is challenging. So you add that extra layer of scrutiny and, um, I can't imagine, you know, having to to go through that not, no. would not be my my preference. But I, you know, surrounding yourself with experts in those fields. So obviously they've got um, an incredible group of, of PR folks that are helping to support that. Yeah. Um, working with legal counsel, you know, to navigate what gets shared, what what doesn't. They're responsible to their investors, too. So I think some of this shakeup, I imagine, you know, Large companies like this, they want to make big moves yeah. to appease those folks, which I think is is good. But really where the rubber meets the road is what that HR team and, and all of the leadership team does to continue to move, move yeah. forward in terms of diversity initiatives. At the end of the day, they want a high-performing and great culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nike's 
been really known for its people and its great products. And Mm -hmm. you can't have great products without really good people doing really awesome work. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, all this is, it's probably in response to, to appeasing the the investors, as you said, but it, I think they really do care about the culture. If I'm going to make some assumptions, I I think they really want this, this great culture and change is, change is good in this Mm -hmm. case. Yeah. It's going to be kind of fun to watch and see. And obviously it's, it's a local company here for us. So to see what changes that they're able to, you know, bring forward and what that does to the talent market too, because unemployment rates are, are low here too. So there's having similar struggles that um, smaller businesses do to attract talent. So if if this same situation happens to a smaller company, what do you think they they go through? They don't have the same resources as a Nike no. of yeah. the world. So translate this to to our audience. Like what is what does this mean? I mean, you know, they've got a, a massive team of HR professionals that are are skilled in navigating these things. So that's one thing. A small business doesn't necessarily always have um, that expertise. Yeah. So we find that our clients are, you know, leaning into us when that happens. That's sort of the value, I think, of the program. Sure, is yeah. You don't always have a, a big investigation, but when you do, you want a, you an somebody. HR business partner that can support you. So I think that's probably one difference. I would also say, you know, you in a small company, removing one person in a leadership position, especially who's got, you know, 20 years of tenure, that is historical knowledge that is lost. Yeah. Um, But hopefully that leader was, it was trick, you know, given that knowledge down to you hope, yeah, people below you hope, um, (laughs) you know, when one person is out, even out sick for a couple days in a smaller company, people feel that. So you've got, let's say an immediate exit of someone that, that has an impact. Um, and then just rebuilding trust too. So I think about that, just the outcome of this. So Nike is really admitting pretty publicly here that we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. We're going to be specific about the problem being around diversity. Um, and now we've got to work to rebrand who we are to our employees. So small businesses have to go through that too and work to retain employees and find creative ways to do that. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's admirable to, to admit a mistake, mm-hmm. say there's an issue and then say here, maybe we don't know what we're going to do next. Right. But they're, we're going to put a plan together mm-hmm. and we are going to make change because we care about... I think other companies about, have done that too. Yeah. We've seen it like with NBC and some of the, yes, the changes right. that they've made. And they make quick change too. That's mm-hmm. a, I think that's the thing is you can't let it fester mm-hmm. and and just let it keep being an issue because right. you don't make it comfortable for the other employees to, to be there. Right. That would be maybe something that is seems unique to me in a larger organization that's pretty public is the changes feel really sudden, um, a quick exit of somebody who is a pretty public figure. But what we don't know is what has gone on maybe behind the scenes and the risks if they don't make a quick change and just things yeah. getting leaked. And I think they ha- they are more at risk for that than a smaller organization. But I think the, the message really should be to all companies out there. If this kind of stuff is happening, you got to do something about Absolutely. it. Things don't generally get better on their own. Yeah. So, I mean, since the first article came out in the Portland Business Journal, this is April 18th, mm-hmm. and today we're sitting uh, mid-May, was the 15th of May mm-hmm. right now. Uh, so, you know, it's a, mo- a month down the road, and they've made change happen pretty fast. They have. Big so, change. Yeah. So I think that that's probably the lesson for anybody listening to this is like, if if you got issues 
probably make changes pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Be strategic about it. Think about the impacts. Surround yourself with really smart, business-minded people yeah. that can can help you navigate through it. But yeah, if, if you are noticing that something needs to happen, um, do something about yeah. it. Um, I think we should continue to follow this and yeah. pay attention to what happening. happening what, what's there. your overall thought on what companies like Nike just ran into where it became a boys, a good old boys mm. club as this article <laughs> say, this is the words in the article. Um, I've heard that I don't before. know. I don't know what the culture is there. I've never worked there. Mm-hmm. I've never really set foot inside there, but for companies that end up in that situation where it is a, a good old boys club, how do you recognize that? And how do you do something about that? You know, paying attention to how we're attract, what type of employees are we attracting? How are we able to retain? You know, in this case, we're talking about gender. So, how can we make the the culture and our practices support you know females in the workplace? Mm-hmm. Um, so, getting creative around that. There is a lot of, um, at least locally here in Portland, organizations that are really trying to help and support with that. So, you know, I think about, you know, the Technology Association of Oregon and some of the things that they're doing just to get women into tech. I have some clients that are pretty involved in that too. So um, acknowledging that it's an issue for you is sort of the first step, I think, in any, you know, (laughs) um, in any sort of like, you know, working to recover through something. And then, you know, finding ways to you know, look at each individual issue that is contributing towards that boys club because it's it could be a lot of different things. And in one organization, what, you know, is happening is probably different than another. And chipping away small, yeah. small little steps makes an impact. It seems like there's two uh, two main issues with the, the diversity thing. And there's probably way more, but I'm thinking... On one side, you have this situation where you you make it uncomfortable for other people, or or you limit the opportunity for a more diverse uh, workforce to to grow up through the ranks because people who have been in power forever have stayed in power, and then uh, so maybe affecting culture. And then the other thing is the attraction and retention of talent, right? So you might have more diverse minds. Uh, as well as diverse people, mm-hmm. uh, people that don't look necessarily like you, you know, more women leaders, you know, those sort of things. And without having that within your culture, I, I think you're going to limit the the ability to attract people. Yep. I don't know which one comes first. It's like, how do we do we bring diversity into our workplace? And then we're going to have we're going to be able to have it we're going to be able to attract people like that later right. on. I don't, I don't know what comes first. I don't know how yeah. you make that change. It's chicken or the egg. <laughs> it seriously is. It, it's, yeah. it's complicated, but I think, I think if you, do, if companies aren't addressing this now, it becomes a, a much bigger problem later on. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, like I said, really being mindful that it is a problem for your organization and taking intentional steps to attract you know, certain certain demographics or to just increase diversity overall, working with professionals who specialize in this yep. and dealing with the culture that it exists within the organization should be happening at the same time. So I think it's sort of in tandem, address the issues, the jokes, the behavior that's happening that makes it maybe mm-hmm. uncomfortable for a female to work within the four walls of your business and going out and really trying to find, find those folks that um, can help improve the diversity within yeah. your company. Well said. Anything else you want to talk about on the, on this subject? Um, no, I'm going to be I'm going to be watching, especially Me just because the the last article that came out last week talks about you know 
the investigation should be complete in the coming days. So maybe we'll have an update at some point this week from Mark uh, Parker, their CEO. Yeah. I love, I love Nike, uh, the apparel. I love the company. They, they stand for everything I've loved and and hearing stuff like this is really hard to swallow. Um, It's unfortunate that they had to go through something like this and, and let it happen. Mm-hmm. But what I appreciate is that it seems like there's quick change happening mm-hmm. uh, just on the surface. Again, we're pretty spotty on the details of this, but from what I can see, it looks like they really want to make rooted change. So that way they can be a great company later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll kind of see where they take it from here and what yeah. other changes other than just moving folks out yeah. um, they're able to do. Awesome. Well, it was fun to discuss this, Lacey. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, so um, you guys can, can find cool. me on there. Yep, same here. Um, and we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, Be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.